Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to KiwiCo for supporting Made for This. KiwiCo delivers monthly science and art projects that celebrate a child's natural curiosity and sparks a love for lifelong learning. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code MADEFORTHIS at KiwiCo.com. Today, I have the tremendous honor of getting to share an update from our good friend, Pastor X, but also you will be so excited today to get to hear from his wife. And we are obviously protecting their their identities. We're protecting even their voices, but this is a real conversation that we had live. And I'm so excited for you to get to hear from them as we talk about community and we talk about the role of being in each other's lives. This is just a whole different picture of what the church can do and what the church can be. So thank you so much for joining us. We would love an update. What's happening in the underground church right now? So right now in the underground church, so much is going on. God is moving so powerfully inside of the Middle East. And it's just been so amazing the things that people are seeing. People are seeing Jesus. People are getting free from death penalty cases. We have just crazy stories that are happening inside of the Middle East. It's such a powerful time. And of course, in the Middle East, we're trying to rebuild and restore the church. A lot of them have left. Thank you, Jenny, and all the people that have been listening. You guys helped so much. We've been able to move so many believers out and get them to safe places. So it's still a very exciting time in the Middle East, as you can see. Well, I'm excited today, Pastor X, because many people listening have heard from you several times, but we have yet to meet your wife. So I would love to hear a little bit about your story of how you met Jesus. As a child, I was after God. And at a very young age, I went to Islamic school for women. And because I love God so much, I actually was taken out of school and went to this fundamentalist school. And I would do all the things that they asked me to do, all the religious activity. And I tried to follow the rules of Islam. And one time, we saw the film of Luke during Christmas time. And we watched the movie over and over all night long. And for me, it was so shocking that they would say, God is love, that God is full of love. Because the God I knew was the God that wanted to get revenge, that wanted to hang you by your hair, that wanted to discipline you and be violent. And I saw that there was such a difference between the God of Islam and the God of the Bible. And I started watching the Christian programs on satellite, but we still would only do the things that Islam wanted, like the prayers five times a day. But every time I would watch the program, I would only watch to the point where they would say, Jesus is God. And then I said, turn off the television, I would tell my mom, look, they're making a human a god, and they're trying to brainwash you and take you in a path that's incorrect, that's wrong. And at this time, my mom was diagnosed with MS. The MS worked very quickly in her body. And because I worked in a hospital, they said to me that my mom has only a few months to live. Her hands didn't work, 
Her eyes drooped. She was drooling. She couldn't walk anymore. And they said to me that she only has two months to live. And then I found out that my mom, behind my back, when I was at the hospital working, was watching all these Christian programs. And then I found out that she would, with tears in her eyes, say, Jesus, help me. And I didn't know she was doing this. And she asked for a New Testament Bible, and she got one, and she started reading it. And then she was actually doing the sinner's prayer every day, but she didn't know what it was. She thought it was just a prayer. I didn't know any of this, and I saw my mom was dying. I told my mom, I want to kill myself, and I tried many times, but my family saved me, and I wanted to do it one more time. My mom begged me not to do this, and I said to my mom, you're going to die. What's the difference of two months? If you don't let me kill myself now, I'll do this outside of the house. I convinced my mom that we should both commit suicide. So one day, my father went outside of the city to the country house, and we sent my sister out and decided to take sleeping pills and turn on the natural gas. And my mom was really upset and very nonchalantly turns on the television. And there was a program, a satellite broadcast program. So I went to the kitchen to turn on the natural gas, and then the program had just started. And they said, my brothers and sisters, we are with you tonight. The ones that want to kill themselves right now. Those who are sad and depressed, who are hopeless, our program is for you especially. We want you to call us right now. And I froze right there and very casually sat next to my mom. And my mom said, my last wish before I die, let me talk to these pastors. And I said, okay, go ahead and call. And we would call this program all the time before they would say, Jesus is God. And I asked a lot of questions. And I called so much they actually knew our voices when we would call. And so they prayed with my mom. And then when I got the phone, he said one thing to me. They said to me, you serve Allah all your life. And you followed all the rules of Islam. The fruit of it is that you have not gotten any closer to God. And you want to kill yourself. My wish is that you do this. You give your life to Jesus and trust Jesus, the God that I'm telling you about. And if this God doesn't change your life, go ahead and kill yourself after a week and I'm okay with it. So immediately, this thought came in my head. I've served a law all my life and he actually owes me a lot. I was perfect in his law. So the last thing I can do for our law is this. I know that the God of the Bible or Jesus is a lie. I will do what they say. Then after a week, live on satellite, I will call live and I will tell everyone that what happened last week, that nothing had changed in my life and tell everyone do not follow Jesus because he's a liar. And this could be my last ministry to the God of Islam. So I said, okay, I'll give you one week. And I prayed the sinner's prayer. After I prayed the prayer, a peace came upon me that I never felt before. And I thought, wow, these Christians are so powerful. They can brainwash you from such a distance. All this time that my mom was sick and bedridden, she would write with tears in her eyes, Jesus Christ, please help me. And she also came to Jesus that night. And at five in the morning, I heard a loud noise and I thought my mom had fell and I got super scared. I jumped up and I said, mom, what happened? Because my mom was bedridden, she couldn't walk at all. And I saw my mom was walking perfectly in the house. And I said to my mom, what are you doing? And my mom was like, hey, 
I'm going to the bathroom. She didn't even know that she was walking. I called the hospital and said, my mom is walking. And the head nurse thought I was crazy and that my mom was dying and that I was hallucinating because they knew she couldn't walk. And she said, don't be upset. I'm going to come right now. And I said, no, why do you need to come? I'm telling you, my mom can walk perfectly. So she said, if she's walking perfectly, bring her into the hospital. And my mom, for the first time during this, walked into the hospital without a wheelchair. And everyone was like deers in the headlight because they always would see her in a wheelchair. They did the MRI and the blood work, and the doctors came and put the two MRIs before and after. He was shocked. He said there's no MS in her body. There's no MS in her MRI and her blood work. My mom, because she had MS for so long, she had a very big case file. So then they called all the doctors to look at the file. We all didn't make a mistake saying that you have MS, but there's no MS in her body. There's no MS in her brain. Her nerves, her nerves are fine, they said. It was a miracle. Who do you pray to? We pray to Jesus Christ. One week after that, her eyes came back to normal position. She stopped drooling. She worked with her hands, and she started walking. And then immediately, we brought five people to Christ right there. And so many people from the hospital came to Jesus because of this. And my mom was alive till six months ago. She was the mother of nations. She worked with us in all the nations that we worked in. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. It was such, I'm just so sorry. The church began because of her around you. You were all of a sudden making disciples and you are a brand new Christian too, loving Jesus and learning to follow him. And yet other people were following you. So we started watching satellite programs. We didn't even know what teaching is. We didn't even know what worship is, but we watched the satellite programs and we started learning to worship and teach. We didn't even know what it means to witness. So we started taking notes when we watched the satellite broadcast and we started making workbooks and we started calling the programs afterwards and they would spend time with us and teach us. And we would take notes, make them into workbooks, and start passing them out to people. So we didn't know how to witness. So what we would do is invite our friends and family to dinner when we knew they had a satellite broadcast that night. And we would just nonchalantly, while we were eating dinner, turn on the satellite program. And then we would talk to the pastors after the program. And they would get to know who Jesus is. And then they would come to Jesus through the pastors. And this is how the church started growing. Then the pastor started to teach us that we needed to gather these people. They would start emailing us workbooks. We would learn them, and then we would start teaching them. So in the same way they were discipling us, we would disciple the new believers. And so the people were growing as we were growing. And this is the first steps that we took when we first started. What was it like to depend on each other, to, to be together, but to know that that's dangerous too? When we first came to Jesus, it wasn't difficult in the sense of persecution. Right now, like we would call the television broadcaster. Secret police would get into your house within the hour. So we didn't understand what security was. We would gather and everything was so exciting and new for us. Because in Islam, we learn when we gather, we first have to cry. We literally have to hit ourselves over our head. And this is the way Islam tells you to worship because this is the way that God would be satisfied with your worship. But then, when I saw Christ, how worship is, it was so amazing to all of us. We would cup our hands, we would sing songs, and then we would start praying and the presence of the Lord would come, and we'd never experienced that in a communal sense. It was so amazing. 
instead of hitting ourselves and crying and wailing, we would just sit in the peace of his spirit and talk to him. And the worship and the prayer times that we had in group is actually what made our relationships deeper and made us even closer and more dependent on each other. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, and it comes in a corporate setting, there's nothing like it in the world. There's nothing in the world that's even close to it. And that's such a special time when the Holy Spirit's touching all of us. And we would see that people are getting touched by the Holy Spirit. Healing would happen, like pregnancies would happen. Healings of cancer would happen right there. God would actually, every week, do something miraculous in our times together. And because the presence was so powerful, everyone would bring two to three people every week of their friends and family because the presence was so heavy in the house. And then we had a problem with security. It was getting too big. We got threatened. And the threats, it was actually too late. We were so connected to Jesus, and we were so in love with Jesus, we didn't care that we were getting threatened by the government. Secret police came after us. They started sending threatening letters. We're going to kill you. So then we started following. We saw that we needed security protocols. We started creating our own security protocol and following it so we wouldn't have trouble with the government. So one time, one of the leaders of the church actually mistakenly invited someone from the secret police into our house. And when he came to the house, we were teaching what is Christianity. We prayed and worshipped. And the first time the Holy Spirit actually reigned and all of us started speaking in tongues. And the secret police wanted to arrest all of us. He actually came to arrest all of us. And when he saw us speaking in tongues, he just ran actually out of the house. The report that he said is that these people are crazy. They don't even speak Farsi. They started making noises and sounds I didn't understand. They're all crazy. They can't do anything. They're harmless. And then we actually found out because of this, one of his friends actually came to Jesus that was in the secret police. He showed us the file the guy wrote. And the secret police was after you, but when they came to your house and saw you guys speaking in tongues, they dropped the case. Wow. So can we talk about community, which is such a big part, I know, of the story of the underground church. It's how Jesus has spread. You all have loved people at the risk of your own lives and invited them in. Talk about how the underground church just daily takes care of each other and is in each other's lives now, today. So first, we live with our leaders, and the leaders come to our house. They come and go in our house very freely. We go on vacation together. We go on mission trips together. We help each other move. If one of us is sick, we take them to the hospital to get them their medicine. We said that the first rule of discipleship is that you have to live with your disciples, and we told this to all of the leaders. Because over time, the thorns of our personality comes into each other, and that's when we get corrected and grow. This is why if you ever come to see us, one of the first things that you're going to notice about the group or the church of the Middle East, the underground church of the Middle East, is our unity. Because they're saying, how can you live with each other and be with each other all the time? There's not any problems. But if you're not really living with your disciples, that glue doesn't happen. That glue that the Holy Spirit does doesn't happen. So our first rule of discipleship and community is that we live with each other. This is how we build unity. And this is how we build oneness of heart. I'm even recording this right now. My husband and my boys are out in the yard. The boys love to push around their construction trucks in our dirt pile that we've saved for them. Like springtime is just full of all the traditions that we love as a family. 
However you celebrate the spring season, it is the perfect time for kids to explore the world around them. And so KiwiCo delivers monthly science and art projects that spark a love for lifelong learning for kids of all ages. My son William got the cutest KiwiCo crate. So he's three and a half. It had all the different pieces and parts to make a zoo animal little finger puppet collection. And he loved it. I mean, they it was easy to put together for his age and he was able to do a lot of it independently, which is really fun. The crate that I'm most excited about is the Yummy Crate. It's like the science of cooking. So you can get your kid in the kitchen, help them get confident with cooking and hands-on experimentation, and they provide family-friendly, kid-tested and kid-tasted recipes and activities so you can experience the joy of preparing and sharing a meal together. As a parent, it can be hard to find creative ways to keep my kids busy and challenged and KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Step into spring and celebrate the season of discovery with a KiwiCo subscription. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code MADEFORTHIS at KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at KiwiCo.com. Promo code MADEFORTHIS. Is there a fear when you gather now? Yes, 100%. I am really interested in the church and how it's growing in the midst of such persecution, because I'm guessing it's through just people loving people. Yes? Yeah, Jenny, maybe I can share something that God has taught me, is that the religious church says, behave, then you'll believe, and then you'll belong. But Jesus says, first you belong, then you believe then you behave. If I'm a homosexual, let's just make it very obvious, and I come to church, do I feel like I belong? Or would you say that you need to talk differently, dress differently, act differently, and then you might believe, and then if you do believe finally, then you'll belong? But what does Jesus say? For God to love the world, it doesn't say for God to love the believer. He's telling everyone, first you belong, then you believe, then you behave. Look at the adulterous woman. What did he say to her? Let he without sin throw the first stone. What is he saying? You belong to me. You're mine. And I think that's the key of us growing in the Middle East is that we love. We tell everyone you belong. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are, where you are, you belong. Because it's all about family, Jenny. It's all about our spiritual family. It's all about connecting. It's all about being accepted. So we are so quick, especially in the West, to correct behavior before the person even feels they belong. But in the East, especially because it's communal and especially because it's relational, it's first you belong, then you believe, then you behave. Mm, It's so good. What do you see happening right now that specifically to do with relationships and community and unity that you wish would happen in the Western church? You know, something my wife said that was so impactful for me was it was so crazy when I came to the Middle East. It's, it's just the community. Let me state it this way. In the West, we value comfort, convenience, and control. But to have community, it needs to be uncomfortable, inconvenient, and not in control. And I really wish people in the West would do that. We want to make everything squeaky clean, compartmentalize. For example, my leaders come to my house without calling me. How many times have you had someone randomly come to your house, Jenny? Do you ever allow them? And that's what builds real community. It's the masses. When we're in the masses is when we build real community. Do you fear that 
our lack of doing community well has impacted our mission in the church in the West? I was just reading these people who do these surveys, but they were saying like 60% of Christians are not coming back to church. But why? I think community is so important. I think that's even why we're seeing millennials do all this social justice. They want to have a purpose. They want to do it in a community. They want to do it together. It's not a two-hour program on Sunday. Come and see our pastor. Come and see our worship. And now let's go to lunch. They want community. They want to be energized. They want purpose. And the best purpose in life is to live for God. Is there a sense of the fears of the people in the Middle East causing them to withdraw from each other or to hide? The Middle East is a little bit different. The situation is so bad. Persecution is so bad. Unemployment is so bad. The fire melts us together. So even with COVID and all that was going on the last two years, no, because in the Middle East, and this is why in context, so many people in the West don't understand, in the Middle East, because there's so much suffering, you actually realize what's important in life, which is relationship, which is family. And in America, especially in America, what's important for many Americans is the American dream. Get a house, two kids, white picket fence with the dog. That's the American dream. And that's not really important. And so no, back to your question, no, it actually has driven us together in the pressures we just spoke about. When my mother-in-law died, it brought us so close. It was so bad. It was just like a wicked tornado because we all had COVID at the same time. And even all of us having COVID together at the same time helped us to be able to take care of each other and be there for each other. I just, I love what you're saying. And I think we are not meeting together and we're not up against all the hard things that you all are and you are meeting together and you're risking your lives to do it. And what I hope people hear is a a call to together to to come together in ways where we pray and we believe God together and we fight for each other and we take care of each other that is my heart that is what i pray happens i want to say something real quick i was talking to a pastor and hopefully people won't take offense to this this pastor said to me this is during covid he said do you guys meet and this was actually even before my mother-in-law died. And I was like, yes, it says in the Bible, when two or more are gathered in my name, I am there. It doesn't say when two or more are gathered on Zoom, I'm there. And then when Paul writes, do not forsake the gatherings. And then he responds to me and says, well, if I tell my church members to do that, they'll think I'm very insensitive. And then I responded to him saying, man, I must be the most insensitive man in the world. He said, why? I was like, because when we gather, we can get raped and killed. And I tell my leaders to come to my house every week. You know, I don't know, Pastor X, there's a sense of fatigue and despair, I will say, that is just plaguing the church right now. That there's a sense of how do we even help? How do we go forward? What would you say to people that are asking those questions right now that want to help, their hearts are moved, but they don't know what to do for Ukraine or for the underground church in Afghanistan that's suffering still? How do we love and care for you all in the midst of this just very chaotic time? Jesus says wars and rumors of wars is a sign that I'm coming back. The first thing is to pray. Everything happens through prayer, Jenny, as you know. And through the things we've been through in the Middle East, I know it's because you guys are praying for us. Without a shadow of a doubt, I know that. 
Two is, remember, America is a blessed nation. The incomes of Americans compared to people in the East, is there's a huge variance of it. We make so much money in America. We have so much money in America. And one of the reasons why God has blessed America is because Americans are the most generous people in the world. So giving to us, we are the underground church, Jenny. We're not a para-church. We're not a para-organization. We are the underground church. So come and align yourself with us by going to CatalyticMinistries.com, getting on our prayer app, giving, because every dollar that you give goes to the underground church. Once again, we are the underground church, and God is doing something very special. Remember, I've said this before, it's the biggest revival happening in the Middle East since the Islamic conquest. Why not be a part of it? Would you pray for, for us? For the people listening? God, in the name of Jesus, we come in your presence, God, that is perfect and holy, the God of peace and love, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that has shown us over and over again through so many people your miraculous power. We come in your presence, Lord of Lord, King of heaven and earth. We put it all in front of you, in front of the place that you are King and that you are reigning. All the requests of the people on the call the place that you are ruling right now in heaven. Look at the people that are on this podcast right now and whatever they need, Lord, based on your will, give it to them. And the first thing I pray is that their relationship with you gets better and deeper and that they better understand you. And anyone that has problems and pain, solve it for them, for their goodness. Give them the strength and courage that we're in the last days to go and be witnesses to the world. Everything in this world is like chasing the wind it is worthless. I pray right now that the fire of the Holy Spirit comes upon them. Lord, give them strength and courage to find a lost sheep and put their hands in your hands, Lord. Give them strength and courage to one day, when they see you, they throw big crowns at your feet. And show them, Lord, that you are coming back very soon, and that the time is very minimal, and that, Lord, help us all to finish well. And, Lord, we want this to happen to all of us. And when we die and we see you, you say, my good and faithful servant, how well pleased I am with you. And I pray right now that all these people that are listening do not have any connection to the things of this world and are only connected and loyal to you. Because everything that we have in the world fades and that what's left is your love, your kingdom and your salvation. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to allow us to finish well. And with our last breath, we're going to be your disciples, and we live holy lives consecrated to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. We are grateful for the opportunity to partner with Global Catalytic Ministries in this moment. If you're interested in giving to Global Catalytic Ministries so they can provide necessary funds to believers on the ground, Go to catalyticministries.com slash giving. That's catalyticministries.com slash giving. And we will make sure to put the link in the show notes. For a seven-day prayer guide and more information on giving, go to ifgathering.com slash Afghanistan. Afghanistan.